1: Hello, and welcome back to the Psych Legal Pop podcast. This is a podcast where we talk about popular culture through the lens of an attorney and a therapist. I'm the therapist, Tess Brigham. And I'm Brooke Brigham. I'm the attorney. And we have a special guest today. It is Amy Archer. Hello from middle, from middle. Well, this will be the first From break. Middle Earth.
2: I'm from, th- from Middle Earth. earth. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Thanks for coming. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like I'm from Middle Earth. <laughs> it's been a journey, but we're glad you're here. From um, hey Little Miss Recap. I apologize. Little Miss
2: Recap. And I'm the writer. I'll just throw writing yes. perspective yes. in. Because I do have some, like, writing notes around this documentary. Ah, oh, okay. Great.
1: Mm-hmm. So today we are talking about the Netflix documentary, American Nightmare, and um, I all I can say is that's all I was thinking throughout this. This is a nightmare. This is a nightmare. This is an American nightmare. And <laughs> yeah, pretty much nailed it with that title. <laughs> <laughs> so they did a great job with that. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to dive into it. But does anyone have any initial thoughts or feelings? Because this this I have a lot of feelings.
3: Yeah. Well, you know, I just want to say this happened. In our backyard. Yes. We live like 20, 30 minutes from Vallejo. I don't remember this story at all. Neither Mm. do I. I I don't remember it at all. Yeah. I mean, they're showing all the Bay Area local TV stations. And I'm like, I don't remember this. Yeah. It's a whole new story to me. Well, yeah. I mean, I
1: don't really watch local news. And a lot of it was this local news. And I don't read the SF Chronicle. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because who gets the chronicle anymore. But um yeah, I I don't remember this at all, but it seems like it was a huge news story because we yeah. see Anderson Cooper, we see the Today show, we see I mean it was went national.
2: What year was so this? 2015? 2015. 2015. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, we were in the middle of a nightmare political run. That is true. So, yeah, you know, we're we were distracted. all kind of yeah, we were all kind of distracted by that nightmare. Um I don't remember it, but I will say that I am obsessed with California. I want to live there. I'm so jealous that you two do. Mm -hmm. I I just feel like there's the have and the have nots. And I'm not talking money. (laughs) I'm talking about just quality of life. And I was obsessed with this part of California. Can you tell me like where it is? Is it north of LA? It's north of LA, right?
1: Yeah. So it's here in the Bay Area, the San Francisco Bay Area. And so, you know, San Francisco is a peninsula. And Mm -hmm. so everything's divided by bays. So North Bay is Marin County. And um, South Bay, which is Silicon Valley, that's where Palo Alto, Mountain View, which are two places that come up. And then Brooke and I, we live in the East Bay um, because our mother's in Berkeley. So, mm-hmm. and so Vallejo is, it's north of the East Bay, it's sort of northeast. Okay. I know it because when we would go to our grandmother's house in Napa, <laughs> we would go through Vallejo. <laughs> go through Vallejo yeah. <laughs> okay. I had is never like, heard of Mare Island though. That
3: is that I didn't like even it, know
1: that existed. Is it like an affluent area?
3: Like is there money no. there? No. 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 Actually okay. Vallejo proper is very sketchy. Yes. But mm. this place, Mare Island, it's kind of a little enclave. There's like a little bridge that takes you from Vallejo onto Mare Island, which was is a former naval base.
2: Okay. And, mm, okay.
3: Been- uh, developed, you know, it's been sold off to private investors and developed, and you know, you saw they had cute little houses. And
2: I know, I was immediately putting it on my list of retirement communities. <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah.
1: But Vallejo itself, I mean, I remember my husband and son would drive out there because there's a Dairy Queen, but mm. but they would eat the ice cream in their car because they were like, oh, we're so disturbed, <laughs> you know, <laughs> we just like we're scared. So yeah, Vallejo's not not to put down anyone from Vallejo, but it's not the most affluent area. I mean, okay. certainly Palo Alto, Mountain View, you know, those areas just with Silicon Valley. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean it's not it's it's not an area that you would think okay. of
2: personally. I think part of my obsession with California is just that I just feel like the sun is there a lot more than it is here. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah, in the, weather, and the weather's
3: great. Yeah.
2: Yeah. The weather's not yeah. great. It's like currently like sleet icing out there. <laughs> oh gosh. <So. laughs>
1: <laughs> no, the, I mean, listen, that you can't beat the weather, even even when it gets really hot some days. And, you know, such it's it's we're not digging ourselves out of snow and mm-hmm. um, and the politics and and the way of life and what we have here. But it is just annoyingly expensive because, yeah. you know, my husband and I together, we make a lot of money and we're like, we're broke. <laughs> I can't even yeah. tell you how poor yeah. we are, because the sad thing is in order to. As a family, if you're a family of three or four here, if you're not making at least $200,000 a year, yeah. it's hard, you know, yeah, and, and that's what really sucks. Well, and that's why to get back to
2: the documentary, like that's why I thought it was an affluent area, because these guys just seemed to have really good careers and be a little well mm-hmm. off. So I thought maybe mm-hmm. that was, you know, like we call it in Scranton, the fancy part. You know, we have the uh. Hollywood <laughs> section of Greenwood, Greenridge, which is the fancy part of Scranton.
1: Yeah. Well, and I think that that probably is a desirable area to live. Right. So I would think that I don't know where she was from Huntington Beach, but I think maybe his family was more local. So, you know, you've got, as we said, we were, we would go up there to go up to Napa and a lot of the areas in around Napa have been developed. There's American Canyon was an area that was, you know, nothing for a long time. And now people are Mm -hmm. buying and building. So, I I don't know if he owned that house or not, but, you know, if I was like a young person and I have this established job, I I would think that um, a home on Mare Island would be affordable. So I think that's why a lot of people went there. And there's little pockets of areas that, you know, are yeah. Now that we have the demographics and (laughs) down. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All right, so this um, American Nightmare is broken up into three parts. So part one we is called the boyfriend. We get um, the boyfriend Aaron Quinn's perspective and what's mm-hmm. of what's happening. The second one is called uh, Gone Girl, mm-hmm. um, which is Denise Huskins. She is the other victim in this. That's her perspective. And then part three is the others, which is oh, this guy's done this before, mm. and hey.
2: <laughs> I want to say that Gone Girl, the novel, is broken up similarly,
1: right? Gosh, I did read it when it came out. I think it's broken a, up in three parts like that. It is? Okay. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that. I do wonder, I mean, Gone Girl is a really good book, and I saw the movie sure. as well. But mm-hmm. I do wonder if this author feels like, oh, God, what did I do? Right. You know, like, <laughs> what did I,
3: do? because... it's not my
1: idea. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's interesting how often I feel like, people have said oh this is a gone girl thing this is a gone girl thing well, you know that i mean that's been happening
2: that. for ages don't forget mm-hmm. you know catcher in the Rye, jd sounder was inspiring people to murder famous people so mm-hmm. you know yeah. it's been happening for a long time <laughs> that people just hijack art yeah. um but i don't know i mean she also wrote what was it sharp object she wrote a bunch of stuff oh that's that right really that's good. right yeah yeah yeah
1: no she's a great she's a great author. Um, But, you know, when you're in law enforcement, you probably shouldn't use media or books or arts (laughs) to tell you where a case is going to go. Right. right? Right. I mean, I think that's like you learn that on day one. You let the crime scene speak to you. Yes. you Direct it. Yeah. So. um, So, yeah, we this opens up. It's March 23rd, 2015. It's 153 in the morning and we hear this 911 call and it's Aaron Quinn, calling and saying someone came into my house tied m- tied myself and my girlfriend up they took my girlfriend denise and um you know i they want a ransom help me and um we find out that according to aaron you know they're both asleep and they get woken up in the middle of the night which hands down i think is the scariest thing that could i ever can't happen
2: even imagine them. i cannot no. even imagine that happening like that is just terror in itself like when we get to the end, when they're talking about the other women, he's done this to, but didn't, you
3: know, go through
2: with the actual crime or whatever. Yeah. Still being woken up in the middle of the night. Yes. Is completely dramatic. Yeah. Yes. Yes.
3: Yeah. And how did, how did they never, never talked about how they, how he got in or how they wouldn't have heard him? Or... Probably
1: glass sliding door. It's always the mm-hmm. glass sliding
3: door. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: I mean, I, I do wonder, and I also wonder with places like Mare Island, like, do they lock the doors? Do they, yeah. are they locking every window? Do they have security systems? I mean, I don't know. He was ex-military. I think he probably figured it out. Or all you need to do is, like, smash a window a little bit. And yeah. I don't know.
2: What was your first so, impression of Aaron?
1: Um, Well, Obviously, from the nine one one call, and I think this is why they were a little suspicious. Is he seems really mellow, like, "Hey, what's up?" I, you know, <laughs> like I just woke up, a. and so yeah, and and obviously, it's from the sedatives on both ends, right? Mm-hmm, the sedatives mm-hmm. play a big part in this, and mm-hmm, how mm-hmm. how that made people think, like is this real is this really happening
3: so what was your detached
1: yeah very detached well let me drag
2: down the quality of your podcast for a second did you think he was hot
1: oh yeah i mean they're both very attractive he's cute right right? he's really cute
3: yeah i don't know about hot that's a strong (laughs) word
1: well but hold on he was captain of the football team i mean this guy thinks broken a lot of hearts
2: Oh, Jamie would not like him, though. He has to have long hair drug problem. No job. (laughs) That's (laughs) but like current day. I would. Yeah, He was very cute. But I just I I love the way this is structured because I do feel like I did not believe him Mm. at first. I was Mm -hmm. I was seeing it through the eyes of the police. Mm -hmm. I I admit that I did. And, uh, you know, it turned, obviously. But when we first meet him, I think, wow, he's calm he's like, you know, I, I was suspicious. Mm -hmm.
1: I already knew a bit about whether the story was going. And that's honestly, the fact that I knew what the ending was, was what get me, got me through it. Okay. (laughs) Knowing (laughs) that there was light at the end of this tunnel. But Brooke, did you know what the story
3: was prior to? Well, no, I mean, I, I never, like I said, I, I don't remember this ever happening, but, um, I had read enough to know that it, mm. it was a hoax. You know, they were being accused of, you know, that it was a hoax and it really wasn't. So I knew that. I knew it was going to end up where it ended up. Yeah. So,
1: um, you know, he tells them this incredible story, which is that they were woken up. There were laser dots pointed at them. He, they were told to lie face down. He was um, tied up with zip ties. They were put... they. He put swim goggles on them that were blacked out by duct tape and then put headphones over them where they hear these sounds of wind chimes. So sort of isolating them. And so we can already see that the, the officers are immediately negative, asking questions about, you know, did you have wine last night? Did you do drugs? And he's trying to explain to them, well, yeah, I was given this thing to drink. You know, this is what's going on and they took his blood as DNA, they took his clothes and then we meet the person that I hate more <laughs> in the world. Colonel Mustard. Mustard. Colonel Mustard Colonel I'm calling Mustard. him because he has as much
2: investigative prowess as Colonel Mustard from the yeah. Clue game. Yes.
3: That's it. Yes. That's it. Mm-hmm. Well, um, and there were so many things that you know, Aaron talked about that kind of never came up again like uh and he, initially he was talking like there were two people that came mm-hmm. in and they mm-hmm. were in wetsuits. And as far as I can tell, they only focused on the one guy. I don't think there were two I people. I think he but was, he was saying, saying there were more than one, but there it was only him. But I think okay. he was, he was like that. disoriented. But also the guy, he had... He carried around this uh, blow-up doll. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe he brought the blow-up doll in to make it seem like there was more than one. Yeah, he definitely wanted to give Aaron the
2: impression that there were more than one. And yeah. that could be from, you know, we learned later that that one dad kicked the shit out of him when he was trying to get to his daughter. So, like, mm-hmm. maybe he's now, because we see he's progressing and adjusting his plan as he goes further and further. Mm-hmm. So maybe now he's like, I have to make it seem like there's a bunch of us. So nobody tries yeah. to, right. to
1: do something. Well, and you use the word they, right? They, them, my associates mm-hmm. that, you know, you're so disoriented. What else are yeah. you going to believe? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's so crazy. But yes, we meet Matt with one T mustard, the investigator who says, can I, I mean, again, it's yes, of course. Fuck
3: you, Matt mustard. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I have to say. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't do any investigating. Uh, Let's put it it that way. I mean, the way that he interrogated this guy was ridiculous. It was like, first of all, he tells him, well, we're going to we're treating you as a victim. We -hmm. don't think you're a suspect Um, while you're in a you're not he's not free to leave. You know, Mm -hmm. he's Mm -hmm. in jail clothes. I guess his clothes were. I don't know uh, what happened for evidence. yeah, Yeah, probably. So they put him in jail clothes he's in one of these interrogation rooms. He's, you know, (laughs) he's being interrogated. Yes. And, you know, there's no, uh, finally at one point he says, well, I I think I need a lawyer. They don't, they don't give him his Miranda rights, nothing. And then Matt gets really pissed off because he just throws a wrench in his, his, Mm -hmm. his plan. And he's just, he just sits him down and basically tells him you did this. Yes. You know,
2: and, 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 he Sorry. says, like, we have to make like I'm trying to figure out how you're a monster now or something mm-hmm. to that effect.
1: I was like,
3: mm-hmm.
1: and this goes back to my question about these interrogation techniques that we see over and over again in these shows. Like, this seems to be the one technique that the police have, which is you did it. You did it. You did. It. Yeah. Like, just like, you, like on the school ground, you. Yeah. you know, yeah. And person goes, no, I didn't do it. Yes, you did it. And they just keep saying it or they do that whole thing where it's. um Uh, you know, be a good guy here, you know, you're going to shame your family if you don't admit this and tell us what happened. And, and obviously, thank God, Aaron's not a 16 year old kid, because he was smart enough to know, oh, this is going sideways. But Mm -hmm. also, you have to think about he's still under these sedatives, like you can see from the interrogation as time went on, like he got a little bit sharper and sharper and more aware Mm -hmm. and more awake Mm -hmm. and more all of those things. But he's not a big kind of hyper person. Do you know what I mean? No. He's not someone who's going to get in your face and say, I'm innocent, I'm innocent, I'm innocent. So that combination of the sedative and his general personality made him seem like he was just like, hey, you know, yeah, this is this. So he, he tells them uh, more problems, which is that, you know, they have um, these people have wetsuits. And one of the things that was said was this what Mueller, who we later find out is the um, uh, perpetrator that this was meant for andrea and we learned yes. that aaron had an ex fiance named andrea and things were a little complicated because um it seems like denise aaron and andrea all worked at the same hospital they're all physical therapists aaron and andrea were engaged they break up um aaron starts dating denise but during that time aaron has been texting, you know, Andrea, like, hey, maybe we can get back together, like being very wishy-washy. Yes. And it just so happened. I mean, the timing's horrible. It just so happened that that night was the night where Denise came over to Aaron's house and they have this conversation. It was like, listen, you, you, you know, what are we doing here? And he says, I love you. I want to be with you. But They're, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Keep going. Uh, oh, no, I was just going to say, but now we have this very interesting motive. Yes. This very yes. interesting, like, there's some weird thing going on, and maybe he's mad. Is he mad? Does he want Denise to be gone so he can focus on Andrea? So it's they're starting to put together a story.
2: There are two moments in the documentary that were pivotal for me in believing their story. And the first one was this. I felt like he really came forward with something that would be very incriminating mm-hmm. for him. Mm-hmm. But he was very forthright with it. Yeah, like He's like, oh, we had four drinks, and... Something like four beers and a martini. I was like, "Whoa!" And then they, you know, he's like, "She found out I was, um, you know, messaging my ex-girlfriend." But then I'm like, "Where's the camera at that workplace? That's the reality show yeah. we all need. Yes. Like, could you imagine oh, yeah. the
1: drama happening in this rehab wing? Oh yeah, no, this is this is good stuff going on here, and that's why I think Aaron's kind of a babe, right? Like, I think Aaron's sort of the hottest ticket in the in the you know physical therapy. Um,
3: well, and then they bring they bring andrea in to be questioned and yes she's just kind of like why am i here like what you know and i don't know what they were i guess they're trying to get something out of her but there's nothing Mm -hmm. you know they're going down all these dead end dead end roads yes
1: so the big thing is is that aaron was before he called the police and this is again something else that made him look very suspect is they told him the kidnapper's uh, call him and say, We want $15,000. And Aaron calls, I guess, his bank or his credit card and saying, How much of an advance can I get? Um, and they fi- he finds out I can get $3,500. He texts that back, Hey, I can get $3,500. And then he's waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting for the kidnappers to come back to him. And they had told him that we have a camera. And he sees the camera in his house. We have a camera. Watching you. And if you go to the police, then we will, you know, we will harm Denise. So he's caught in this bizarre thing of, and finally he's like, well, I'm going to, you know, why wouldn't I call the cops at this point? Why right. not, you know, go to them? Because his brothers in law enforcement, you know, the cops are your friends. You're That's where you're supposed to go. Um, and uh, so... All immediately the media is all over this and we meet Henry Lee, who's from the San Francisco Chronicle and he's been on the crime beat for 29 years. And He can't um, even get
2: out of his car. Yeah. Get-
1: no. <laughs> he's just
2: like, I'm so busy. Just hop in the passenger side yeah. and we'll just talk about it here.
1: <laughs> no, they never let him out of the car. Never. Um, we're like, we're not going to pay for a place for you to meet. So let's just get in the car. Um, and uh, we we immediately see very quickly the Vallejo police have their first conference of saying, well, this is what's happened. This is who's been kidnapped. Um, This is what's going on. And uh, so we get, um, I have so many notes, so I don't want to go through everything, but uh, let's see. Oh, so basically, we learn a little bit more about the story with the ex-fiance. I guess um, in 2014, Andrea was cheating on him; it wrecked him. Um, so Aaron was in this weird place where he was open to getting back together, but he was very confused. Um, yeah. And so Henry Lee tells us, "Well, you know what? Everyone thinks that uh, Aaron killed her." Right. And the body is just going to show up that he because the comforter was gone. The sheets were gone. So every mm-hmm. and everyone's rolls a dead body in a comforter. Right. So they thought, OK, Aaron rolled her in a dead body and we're going to find her. And this is how the story is going to end. Oh, yeah. Every, go everybody
3: away. just there. There was there was no investigation. Z- Zero. We learned that. Because later. I'm
2: wondering, like, why is there no why are they not trying to get DNA out of this apartment?
1: Right. No, they, they took DNA from Aaron. But no. And so. Uh, yeah, and and um, they have Aaron take a lie detector test. Now this is four thirty three a.m., so he's mm-hmm. been up twenty four hours. All of this stuff has happened. He takes a lie detector test by the FBI. They tell him you failed miserably, mm-hmm. and that's when he was like, "I need a lawyer." And yeah,
3: but he didn't fail miserably. Like no, the results he didn't. were inconclusive or yes. something. Yeah, but to see, this is another thing that's so disturbing about law enforcement and stuff. So. Basically, the police can lie to you as much as they want to. You know, they can, it's not against the law for them to Mm -hmm. lie to you. They could tell you that, you know, they have evidence they don't have. But if you lie to the police, Mm -hmm. um, not so much in state court, but like in, uh, if it's a federal case, you you lie to federal agents, federal prosecutors, whatever. That is a crime in and of itself. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. And then you can go to be sentenced to prison for that separately. You know, yes. What the Stewart went to prison for was (laughs) lying to, you know. Uh, So it's so unfair, you know, their tactics and the the way that they talk to people who are in custody and treat people who are in custody. It's just painful to watch the way they treated this guy.
1: And what's so frightening about this is if this was maybe if we saw this in 1985, I would be like, oh, wow. Yeah. But this is. 2015 not so long ago we are i mean the bay area is a pretty you know woke place and here we are still with the same issues over and over again with police lying to lying to suspects making them think they did something they didn't do i mean we have not at all confirmation bias we have have we not grown at all as a as a country of thinking about things differently. We see this across the world of everything changing. I'm like, why hasn't the police caught up to us here? Because it's it's awful.
2: Well, and part of the problem, too, to speak to what you just said is, you know, in 1975 and 1980 and 1985, this is all they had. They didn't have mm-hmm. the sophisticated DNA stuff they have today to solve these crimes. They like pretty much had to get a confession out of people. Yes. But now, like, why didn't they just go in this house and swap for DNA? Mm -hmm. And they would see unknown male DNA all over the place, on the camera, Mm -hmm. uh, on the doorknobs, everywhere. Like, I don't, I'm sure he wore gloves, but there's DNA there somewhere.
1: Yeah. they're just just surprised why they're still relying on these, like, archaic techniques for this. They were so lazy. And that comes back to another question I had, which is, okay, I'm the Vallejo police. This guy comes in. Okay, this is a weird story. And this guy seems mellow. Why don't you have two teams? One team that stays with Aaron and try to figure out what's going on there. But you have a second team that goes out and actually investigates the crime and sees if is this possible and and tries to find this missing girl. Yes, Yes, because if
2: you think her her
3: body's somewhere, go find it. No one's even trying to start a search for her. No, they Mm -hmm. they never. They were literally. Yeah. Like you said, they're waiting for the dead body to show up somewhere. Yeah. yeah, Yeah. They're not doing anything. they are not trying to find her. I mean, it was disgusting. And then the most disgusting thing is when Matt Mustard says that um, sometimes oh. people. Okay, sometimes no, no, no. Women... I have this. No, I okay. wrote this down do you know what because what do word for
1: word. word? Okay, so we learn that. Um, so D- Denise's family is called in, and of course, and so Denise's mother um, meets with Matt Mustard and. Her mother is describing this to us and they're like, is there anything we can, you know, tell us everything you can about Denise. And so she says, I remember that, you know, I told them that Denise had been molested as a child. And Matt Mustard says that. Often when women are assaulted, they like to then pretend to have it happen again so they can relive the thrill of it. Where's that shame bell, Amy? Where's the shame bell?
2: (laughs) tess you're a therapist Uh, is this a common reaction to
1: sexual assault um fuck no matt mustard (laughs) like what the hell dude you and again Uh, it's it's hearsay right because it's through denise's mom we we didn't hear these words from matt but i feel like denise's mom probably kept that in the back you know i feel like as a mom you really remember that no that is absolutely not true it is i have worked with so many women who have been assaulted and what's really frightening is we learn more about denise's story and her history and the third mm-hmm. part is i know y- you know i i've worked with a lot of young women in their 20s and i cannot tell you how many of them have had some sort of incident whether it's a date rape or being roofied or my boyfriend raped me and then Mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. i didn't know what else to do um i mean story after story after story and i don't think of any of my clients that any of it was ever reported ever
2: well i will tell you and i talk about this a lot i was sexually assaulted when Mm. i was 13 Mm. and the second part of The pivotal moment for me in this documentary when I believed her, I believed her pretty early on, let's just say that, was when she described disassociating during the rape. And that's something that if it's happened to you, you understand that, but you also hear that a lot from rape victims. Mm -hmm. So even if you were not a victim yourself, that is a common thing that people talk about, that dissociation. And the minute she said that, I was like, this is real. This is 100% real. It's it's disgusting. This man is disgusting. Colonel Mustard, I hate him. He's on the draft.
1: Yeah, he is definitely a, a problematic historical mm-hmm. figure.
3: Yes, um, he is. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't dignify him with a historical. <laughs> historical He's what, not I don't know where we put him. He's
1: problematic. He's yeah. problematic.
3: Yeah. yeah.
1: Very problematic. So um Thank God. And I will say this is another thing, too, was because they had um, they were all able, both Denise and Aaron were able to hire really good attorneys. And mm, this is yes. another thing that I think that is really important. If these two had no family support, no money, had to get a public defender. I don't think that I, I wonder where they would be. Because, jail. yeah, because um, they uh, Aaron's family hires Dan Russo and Amy Morton. I love Amy Morton. Mm-hmm. Um, and he is he gets woken up. Dan's like, I've never seen anything like this. I don't know what's going on. But Denise has been missing for 18 hours. So what What are we doing here? Right. <laughs> Where is she? Yeah. And so poor Aaron thought the police were going to start a manhunt to look for her. And, um, you know, and that's when Amy starts recording conversations, because she's like, this is they don't believe him. They don't think that this is right. So um, Let's see. So now it's 12:24. Denise has now been missing for 31 hours and Henry Lee gets an email, an audio message from Denise. And the thing is is that it basically says, you know, hi, I'm Denise Hutchkins. I've been kidnapped. Um, you know, my first my first concert was Blink 182, a plane crash in the Alps. So basically like this is who I this is me. I'm real mm-hmm. and real this is present day. And um so Henry sends that to the um to uh the Vallejo Police Department and doesn't hear much back but Mm -hmm. the other thing is is that because she was sedated as well she sounds really mellow in this like hi this is Denise Hutchins so no so they immediately go well she doesn't seem stressed so she must be lying um and then let's see so they keep um, they keep grilling uh, Aaron, and this is when it's recorded. Did she scream? You know, is Denise behind this? Um, and at nine oh nine a.m. on two days after the event, Denise's dad gets a message from her, and we see this video of her being walking over to her home in her Huntington Beach, home. her yeah. family home in Huntington Beach, that Denise has been released. Now and, this is four
3: hundred miles away from yes. Vallejo
1: and she is just kind of like strolling up
3: to the yes. door like there's Swatching no running and...
1: there's no you know and she has a giant bag of stuff
3: yeah like, what's she had a, stuff that was never explained she had a backpack and a bag yeah and it's like what is yeah what did he take you shopping before he dropped you off Yeah, yeah. I mean what, what 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 do you have in because these bags
1: it's so weird and I think we later hear from her I think she was so disoriented and so like what is happening and where am I? But yes, when you look at that video of her, it does look like she's just yeah. walking yeah. down the street, yep. heading she's home. She's got the oversized hoodie on. I was looking for the Dunkin' Cup.
2: You know, it, was, it just seemed like, <laughs> very matter- yeah. like very casual. And so yeah.
1: I could see why people saw that and were like, hmm. So what does the Vallejo police do? Do they... I don't know. Question Denise or do any investigating? No, they hold a police. They hold a conference twelve hours after she's been released, um, and, and no, no family members talk to them. Basically saying that uh, th- we are very upset. They have taken resources away from Vallejo police and our community, and um, you know we're going to investigate this, and there may be further.
2: Yeah, they basically
1: say they think it's a hoax.
2: The impetus for that, though, was they tried to talk to her and she wouldn't talk to them at first. But that was because the kidnappers had threatened to release the tape of her. So she Mm -hmm. didn't want to talk to them. And then she got the lawyer. So that's what they're seeing. But we know the real reason. Well, and she's very
1: scared. Yeah. Very scared. She's out of it. She's, So that's the end of part one. And then part two starts, which is gone girl. And then is this where we see Nancy Grace? And I'm like, oh, oh you
2: God. another the, the one sight of her just makes her yeah. skin crawl.
1: How, yeah. how does that woman sleep at night? I mean, she is awful. And, awful. and do any of these, uh, th- this will come later, but I'm just like, do any of these people ever stop and decide like, gosh, I got that wrong. So I'm going to admit that I got it wrong. It's like, no, no. just going to brush it. No, just keep going. Um, so we hear, now this is Denise's side, and we hear that, you know, it's 5 a.m. They get woken up. Goggles, very similar. Very, story, very similar smash. story. Exactly. Never exactly. change. So she is put in one car, and then she's changed into, she's then put into another car, um, which she believes sounds like an old car, like an old Mustang. But the sedatives start um, kicking in. So she, you know, she's out. So she wakes up, and she feels like she has she says it's like it's light and then all of a sudden my legs get pulled, and it's dark again and the kidnappers say well you need we need to get you ready now and she's thinking ready for what um and she hears scrubbing and duct tape Uh and she hears the kidnapper say this wasn't meant for you this was meant for andrea Uh and she's just like what the what um and he tells her this crazy story that they're black market, you know, kidnap, and they kidnap for money. And Aaron has the instructions, and uh, and then she passes out again. So, um, and and she says, you know, he takes her on these routine bathroom breaks. He tells her about his life. I'm ex-military. I have trouble sleeping. And then finally goes to her and says, we have a problem. Um, you know, they won't believe we're worried that you're going to go to the police. So one of us will have to have sex with you and it's going to be recorded. Um, and if you speak to the police, it will go on the internet. And, uh, you know, this is where she talks about, being detached and and what happened. I love this. We're going to have sex with you. I'm sorry. Is this... No, this is not sex. I can't...
2: I know a lot of these criminals who perpetrate these crimes. There is no logical motive. But, like, Mm -hmm. I can't understand what is happening here. Like, what... Did he just want to rape her and send her back? Like, why did he return? She's very lucky that he returned her. Yes. It could have easily gone another way. But,
1: like... I
2: think
3: that
1: if if he had wasn't caught, I think that's where it would, was going.
2: Oh,
3: eventually. Yeah, 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 yeah. But like, well, what yeah, is he's, he doing? He's yeah. It's almost like he's well, he's obviously very disturbed, but it's almost like he's it's he, he's carrying out a mission. Like mm-hmm. he believes that he needs to do this, and you know, just the way that he you know talks, and just all the things that he's doing. It's like, you know, yeah, he's on some military mission or something, and I must do this, and I have to do that
1: yeah i I didn't do a deep dive on him, and I don't know how much information is out there on the internet about him. I mean it's it is a very bizarre, bizarre tale because you see him and he's kind of like an average looking white guy and he went to Harvard Law School, he's ex-military ex-marine. you know, you would think someone like this like what what happened here and and this is one of the things where you're I don't know I don't know if is it did something he claimed that he had PTSD from yeah. from you know being in the military Which is very possible Yes but I I don't know I think it's I feel like It was all about him being smarter than the police. Yeah, like I'm going to create elements of that as well. Mm -hmm. I'm going to create a situation where I am as protected as possible. You cannot find me, but I'm going to make it. You know, and I'm going to do all these things so that you can't see me and you get confused and you're this and you're that and I can control you by sedatives. But I'm going to make it so weird that people would never believe it. Mm -hmm. And I think he also
2: like has this weird, like I think he tells himself that he's a good guy because like later he's like oh i don't want to re-traumatize you or i don't want to do this or i don't want to do that like i think he has this weird image of himself that he's really a good guy even though he's doing all of this yes that he's a nice criminal like
1: he's a nice rapist (laughs) yes yes because he talks about the kid when he talks about these kidnappers his his associates, he's the nice one, right? He's the good cop. Yeah. That's his role and all of this. Yeah. So I don't know if something happened during, you know, his time in the military that, you know, created the scenario in his head, or he has to keep reliving it over and over again. I, I I don't know. I have, I mean, it's, it's truly bizarre. So, um, we're now 28 hours kidnapped and she wakes up the next morning. She hears him cleaning. Um, he tells her I've lost contact with Aaron, um, he says his associates are coming and he gives her, uh, more sedatives and then tells her they aren't as nice as me. And so that's, I think there's that part of it. Like I'm, I, because so much of right. Why people do these things is because these predators, they, they love fear. They want it. They like that fear in your eyes. They want you to be afraid. They want you to be scared. And I think it's almost this weird thing of like, I want you to be so scared, but I want you to think I'm, the best part of like, I'm a good guy and that I'm, you know, this weird kind of love fear thing that he wants from yeah. women.
2: I don't yeah, know. Like I, like I'm going to save you from this situation that I created.
1: Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. Let's, let's forget the I created part and I'm just going <laughs> to save you from this. <laughs> so he tells her we need to record a proof of life. He gives her the script and she says, you know, the sedatives are so strong. She can't, Talk or think, and then he goes to her again and says, "Well, you know, um, the kidnapper, are my associates don't believe that the first time we had sex was consensual. So now we need to have sex again, and I'm going to record it, and it needs to look consensual. And this is the moment when she realized, like, I can't detach from this. Like, I I'm not going to be able to do this. So there's wine. He puts like two glasses of wine, like they're on a date. Two glasses of wine and these little bottles of booze, and so she drinks everything that she can and he comes in and he says oh you started without me yeah
2: this is part of his like this is not rape narrative yes yeah yes that he needs to tell himself
1: and um you know denise says the line you're not gonna break me (laughs) you're not going to
3: break me you know i will get through this fucking nails man i would have been
2: sobbing in a corner the entire time yes
3: yes yeah no she's just she's resolved that she's going to make it out of this alive Mm -hmm. Uh you know that's all that counts really so we're
1: now um 40 hours kidnapped he then the the kidnapper shows her a news clip of her father the father is like i'm looking you know please you know come home um and it all starts to feel overwhelming to her she's like this is really real and then he says it's time to go home and he puts her again gives her sedative puts her in the car and he says i can't in the trunk. We can't, I can't take you to Vallejo because there's too much police. So I'm gonna take you home to Huntington Beach. And uh he tells her, because Aaron went to the police, um, you will have to, you know, you will have to speak to the police at some point. So there are two things you can't say. Number one, that I was in the military, <laughs> and number two, you can't say that we had sex. And he tells her, We will always be watching you. If you say something, we'll come after not only you, but your family. And so we see her walking home. Her, her family isn't there. Obviously, they're out looking for her. She goes into the neighbors and the police show up. And the first person that um, she talks to, she's too afraid to tell him that, that you know, they, they ask her, have you been assaulted? And she says no, because she's so scared. She doesn't know what's going to happen. Um, and so then she gets this message about the Vallejo police that they're willing to give her, is it Brooke, a proffer agreement for immunity?
3: Hmm. What is that? Well, basically, like, you tell us all this stuff and we won't prosecute you. So do, are they still, I'm like, are you still thinking that maybe Aaron did something? Yeah, because why, why would they, if they think this is a hoax between the two of them, which they clearly, that, that's what they always thought, they thought, well, it'll be easier to prosecute Aaron, maybe, because if she she looks turns on sim- him yeah she's a more sympathetic
2: character what did, they,
3: what did they think like
2: i just kept racking my brain with why did they think they would pull off this hoax
1: like what yeah would they what, did they, get what are they, out getting, yeah. what, what are they
2: get,
3: getting out of it nothing
1: well but with the gone girl the gone girl association right in the book and in the movie the whole thing was that um uh, that the main character was pissed because she felt like Ben Affleck or the the husband was right, having but an affair ben Affleck and wasn't in on it. Like he didn't. Yes. Know, right. Yes.
2: So yes. the yes. the difference here is Aaron is supposedly in on it with
1: her. So what are they getting? I guess that's true. Yeah, together. What are they getting? Yeah. I don't, don't know and and again i think that that's when people can jump to these places of oh you know that of uh, because unfortunately what happens is is that the people that do lie the hoaxes that do happen they get publicized so much like right. across right. across the globe women are being assaulted constantly but we all focus on that one woman who you know, lied for whatever the reason is. And I'm not saying that that's okay, but I'm just saying that, like, right. I don't know, you know, if, if 99.999% of the time it's true, then why don't we go with that?
3: Yeah, let's, you know, let's as opposed go on, to on that a, presumption.
1: Yes. <clears throat> yeah, wasn't,
3: didn't we just, yeah, wasn't that what all the Me Too movement and all this stuff was it? I guess this is pre... Oh, this is pre-Me Too movement yeah. if it's 2015. Yeah.
2: I I said this the other day, I said like one or two women lie in a span of, you know, 10 or 15 years. It's publicized. Now -hmm. we can never believe any women, but like Mm -hmm. men lie
3: all the time. And it's like, oh, of course the man's right. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) of course. Yeah. And the other thing too, I think it was her lawyer was pointing out that, you know, uh, she did then tell them that she was sexually assaulted and, and the lawyer was saying, you need to go You need to get a rape kit done immediately. And the police were kind of stalling it, Mm -hmm. you know, like they were, uh, you know, time is just ticking by. And they're just Mm -hmm. like, well, no, we're going to talk to her some more. (laughs) I mean, yeah, yeah, I don't know what the I think the police at that point were just trying to save their ass. They're like, we got to make something out of this. We can't look like total, you know. Incompetent yeah. We got to save Matt Mustard's uh, credit. <laughs> <rating here>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's going he's gonna to get promoted next month. Uh, so, uh, yes. You know, we, don't, we don't want this on his record. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, so the minute Denise hears about this immunity agreement, she hires an attorney, Doug Rappaport, um, and he tells Who's her He's a fucking don't... hero. I yes, love him. Yes, he is. He he tells her, don't talk. You need to get up here to the Bay area right now. Yep. And what she didn't realize was, you know, while the time that she was kidnapped, all of a sudden she was like, I did not understand that there was a media storm. Like mm-hmm. all she was focused on right. is I got to get home. I got to get home. I got well, to home. I got to survive. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then this is when the media starts going, is Denise a hoaxer? Is she a hoaxer? Is she a hoaxer? Mm-hmm. This um, is where we see Nancy Grace, I think. Oh, yeah. okay. Maybe I just wrote that at the top because I'm like, Mm -hmm. oh, fuck you, Nancy Grace. I'm so sick of you. Jesus. Um, But Doug realizes, Rappaport, the attorney, that the Vallejo police is throwing Denise under the bus and Mm -hmm. she sits down and she tells Doug everything. And he says, I absolutely believe you. And that's where it comes into the when he's saying, please, we need to, um, you know, we need to get her a sexual assault exam right away. This needs to happen. And then we're back to Detective Mustard, um, where he starts, he interrogates her and he starts asking these questions like, why didn't you fight back? Well, Why didn't you scream? What were you wearing? Your pajamas were way too alluring. (laughs) First, he says, I'm really glad that you survived this. Thanks, dude. (laughs)
0: No
3: thanks to you. Yeah, I was going to say
1: no thanks to you. <laughs> and we learn after the fact, really no thanks to you because you yeah. could have prevented some things. Could so. you
2: imagine like you're kidnapped, you're being raped, you're being held against your will and nobody is looking for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no one's doing a damn thing.
1: Yeah. And the thing is, is that if, if he had, if Mueller had killed Denise, mm-hmm. th- Aaron would have spent the rest of his life in prison for this thing that he, you know, didn't mm-hmm. do. I mean, especially if Aaron,
2: like you said earlier, especially if he was like a young, poor kid, black yeah. kid, absolutely he would have been in prison for the rest of his life.
1: Yep. Yes, absolutely.
3: Psych Legal Pop will be right back after these messages.
0: Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. All
1: right. So Rappaport, which I love, Rappaport very quickly is like, well, they're treating her like trash. <laughs> they're mm-hmm, awful to mm-hmm, her. Mm-hmm. And he basically says we cannot have Denise and Aaron talk to each other. They want to see each other, but we have to get these interrogations done. And, um, you know, it's what Denise is saying is the Vallejo Police Department, there's no compassion there's no they're all business they you know and R- Rappaport walks out I think with someone from the FBI and he's like listen what is going on here like why aren't yeah. you investigating it and the FBI guy's like hey you heard of Gone Girl let me tell you because this is oh, what we're basing everything oh on this God. this book and movie when is, when his face is like the-
3: are you fucking kidding me right now yeah when did all these cops watch well Gone Girl I mean <laughs> are, are they all like Ben Affleck <laughs> They um, were in a book that was the
1: book club.
2: The book club. Yes. <laughs> oh, okay. That was the, the police the department, mind. yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> they had all just read it at their meeting mm-hmm, and uh mm-hmm, yeah, they're mm-hmm. like, "Oh, wow. This could really happen." Um and so they're telling rap reports like they're saying, "Hey, they're going to uh, um they're accusing her of lying to federal officers, which would be you know anywhere from a year to eighteen months. And she is a li- you know she's a liar. Her face is splashed everywhere. She's being victimized yet again. Yep. Um. But then you know Aaron and Denise they finally get to see each other, and she says to him, you know, you don't, you know, you don't need to stay with me because of this, and you know yeah. all of this stuff. And he's like, I, you know, I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to do it. And I thought that was really seeing Aaron's response to this, because I, I often wonder, I mean, being female, I don't know. I often wonder what it's like for a man to when you're when your wife or partner is assaulted in that way. Like what that's like. This, for this you. broke my heart. Like yeah. she
2: she is saying to him, I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to do it, which shows us that she's feeling guilty for yes. being raped. Yes. OK, mm-hmm. figure that out, which is it's a common reaction. But that's how fucked up rape is. Right. Yeah. And second of all, when he couldn't even say the words because he's like they told me that she had to go for a rape. Uh, they called it a sexual assault response test or something. Mm-hmm. And then he said because she had been raped and he starts crying. And I'm like, yeah, oh,
1: fuck. Fuck. like
2: I felt yeah. my heart just
1: broke for both of them. Yes. Yes. Because, you know, in, in our society, right, men are supposed to be strong. They're supposed to be yeah. um, they're supposed to protect their protectors. And I can't imagine what that's like for the man obviously what was he supposed to do you know he didn't yeah. know he there was nothing else for him to do There was nothing else for denise to do but it's it's that feeling they both feel guilty they both feel yeah. like i've failed in some way shape or form yeah um and they're both very afraid they don't know if these kidnappers are watching them no one it's is insane. protecting them it's yeah. insane no one mm-hmm. not one person is protecting they're like them.
2: sleeping on people's and- couches staying at their parents mm-hmm. house
1: could you imagine i would be terrified oh. And they can't, they can't go. He's like, we can't go back to work. We don't even know if we'll ever get a job again. You know, these careers, mm-hmm. being mm-hmm. a physical therapist is like, you know, it takes so, a lot to get there and school. get yeah. to the other yep. side and yep. a lot of schooling, a lot of work. And so you're finally, and they're all pretty young. So, you know, they're two or three years into this career that they've been working towards and mm-hmm. oh yeah, it's over. You can never mm-hmm. do that again. Um, and so Henry Lee <laughs> from the Chronicle, still in his car, pulls over at eat- a red light. <laughs> <laughs> and he gets an email telling him that this is this is we're the kidnappers and we don't like the fact that um you know that they're accusing denise of this because we did it and so henry sends that to the vallejo police department department no response okay i have a question about this yeah henry when you get no response
3: Fucking go there. Yeah. Go, go there higher, with the go printed the out next, emails. Yeah. Or go to somebody the next, higher up somebody. Yeah. Yes. Do something. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Print the,
2: the emails in your paper. Yes. Yes. yes do yes.
1: something. Well, and and the thing is, is that is it is it because he didn't want to upset the Vallejo police department? Because I would think that as a crime beat, right, you need to have good relationships with sure. police departments. Mm-hmm. You need to be. Yeah. So maybe he's like, oh, God, you know, this is this weird thing where. You know, and and obviously, because we learned from Henry, he's been doing this for almost thirty years, that this has never happened before. So I think in his, I don't know, I can think in his mind that he might have thought, oh, they'll respond, they'll respond. Oh, okay, you know, do yeah. I, what do I do? I, I don't know, I don't know. I would at well, least do
2: to- like a follow up of here they are, hand them to a physical person, mm-hmm. so they're not in a spam folder somewhere.
3: Well, like, I would think it, they're in a spam folder. Yeah, it, it went to him. He's a journalist. You know he's sharing it with the police because you know he wants to help the, with the investigation. But he should have just written about it. Yeah. Why, yeah. Did, why didn't he just write about it and say, turn this over to the police and haven't heard anything since? But mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. he he could have exposed them for all of this. Yes. Yep. yes. I, don't
1: know. I don't know. Henry also. I, I mean, anybody in the media, I they are also at fault at this. And mm-hmm. I'm. I will many feelings yeah. about that so henry um henry keeps getting emails and they're telling him we are three acquaintances two college graduates <laughs> <laughs> What that one didn't finish did you? <laughs> <laughs> but i love this this is all being made up by this guy and it's like i'm gonna make two college graduates and this one went to a trade school <laughs> <laughs> uh. And um, w- we want, in 24 hours, we want an apology for Denise and Aaron. Because they mm. didn't do it, we did. Mm. And that it's goes right weird. into part three, the others. <sighs> now, the, real, the real heroes that? in part three. The real Yes, yeah. the true yes. Yes. yes,
3: yes. Sorry, Brooke, go ahead. What were oh, you? I was going to say, did Henry Lee share that with the police? The I don't know. I don't remember. Did yeah, he? He's too no. busy. He's at the,
2: the he's jack car. He's in the box drive through He doesn't know. <laughs> he doesn't right.
1: he's,
3: got de- <laughs> he's got a deadline. He's, <laughs> yeah, meet.
1: he's got some <laughs> other crime beat. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, so we now are taken to June 5th, 2015. It's 10 weeks after Denise is released. And this is Dublin, which is 40 miles away. So Dublin is also in the East Bay. It's about 40 miles. Um, so Dublin's like east of... And- it's 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 uh, but it's east of Berkeley, Oakland. Yeah, right. It's directly okay. east. So it's okay. sort of southeast from below. Yeah, over. but it's also, again, a suburb of that's, you know, I mean, again, now ho- housing prices out there are ridiculous, but it's like people- affluent. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It, it has built, but you know, it's, it's a bit of a mix because a lot of people have been out there for a long I'm time. I'm to need your advice when I do my retirement
2: move to California on like, what can a broke writer afford? <laughs> like, is there a house I can buy in California for $50,000? We'll, we'll start that. Um, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> I might just be in a tent in your backyard. <laughs> Who knows? Like Janelle style. I'll be in the TP. Yeah. In the, <laughs> the <RV. t-bird>
1: tp <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we learn about, we hear another 911 call. We hear, hear about a home invasion um robbery. A woman calls saying that her daughter is being kidnapped and the husband is fighting him off. Okay, and this is fantastic because yeah. in my mind, I'm picturing this, God forbid, happening in my home,
2: right? Mm-hmm. Timmy's beating the shit out of the the rapist, burglar, whatever. And I'm just standing there like calling oh, hey, <laughs> 911. Oh, oh, he just took a punch. Oh my God. Now he's all tell him <laughs> get in there and help your husband beat the shit off this guy. <laughs> it was kind of funny. I just didn't know what the mother was doing. Mm.
1: Yeah, but the dad also a hero protecting his daughter. Yep. But yep. and his daughter, I want to say is she's a young adult. She's about twenty two. twenty two, right? Yeah. I, I couldn't mm-hmm. figure out her age based on the bedroom. I was like, because the bedroom look like a twelve year old. Yeah, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There might be something more going on there. But um, and we're introduced to Sergeant Chris Shepard. And the Dublin Police Department that somehow knows how to do their jobs. Yeah. Maybe yeah. they should go over to Vallejo and explain to them exactly how this policing thing works. Yeah, Matt Mustard <laughs> um, needs a retraining, I would say, uh, at the very yeah. Yeah. No, Colonel Mustard needs to be taken <laughs> out back and tied senselessly. Mm-hmm. He and needs to be murdered put- in the
2: library with the rope. Oh, I didn't say that. Yes. Him. I didn't say that.
1: <laughs> no one needs to no, be murdered. That's, but that's too good. That's too mm-hmm. good for him. Mm-hmm. I want to put him where that guy from uh, Twin Flames is going to go, Jeff into yes. my slapping farm where <laughs> yes. you can go and you yes. can pay to slap mm-hmm. people that you mm-hmm. cannot stand and they just have to take it not punching but just i like that's an alternative
2: bit. to like the smash room you yes just go in and slap yes. people around i like people that, that deserve it it's so cody matt man? is cody in there probably totally. <laughs> <laughs> the lines out the door for that one. right right he's
1: yeah. mm-hmm. the most popular one mm-hmm. so yeah yeah um so they find and they find zip ties, duct tape. Um, and the big thing that he does, <laughs> which is wow. the most boneheaded move, but what really, I mean, in many ways, one of the things that helped them tremendously is he leaves his phone. Oh,
2: God. <laughs> wow. So
1: the, the daughter who's almost kidnapped is like, Hey, he left his phone right here. So they take the phone. They, um, go to the subscriber information and call the person and say, Hi. You know, do you know whose phone this is? And the woman's like, yes, I do. That's my son. Mm-hmm. It's his phone. And they go, great. Where is he? Yeah. He is up in South Lake Tahoe. Okay. okay I'm just going to jump in with a pro tip. If your uh, parent and a cop
2: calls your phone, is like, <laughs> is, whose phone is this? My kid's phone. They're calling from your kid's phone. Where are they? Just, you might want to not say anything. You might yeah, want to yeah. be yeah. like, it's why it's you the- ask it? Yeah. She gave them the address. <laughs> I mean, thank <laughs> God she did. But like, yes, that could have gone a variety of ways. Yes. 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 Yeah.
1: So we learn this is Matthew Muller. He's a former Marine Harvard Law grad. And he has been they learn they start typing in some information that he's been a suspect in sexual batteries and attempted rapes in the past. Oh, so, so would DNA have
2: matched like is his DNA in the system because he's been a suspect? I don't,
3: I don't know. know. I don't know. Well, if he was never prosecuted, you know, like, if you, you sometimes have to get they prosecuted. can ask you though, right? If you well, wanna... that you have to get you have to get prosecuted and be on that national, you know, sex offender registry for them to get your DNA. Okay, so he was just a suspect, mm. so and um, probably not in the system.
1: Yes, and this is where we meet the the, the hero be, beyond Denise and Aaron, the true true hero and which gives me faith in law enforcement. Mm-hmm. Sergeant Misty, and I don't know if I'm going to pronounce her name, it's Car- Carusu. C-A-R-A-U-S-U. You deserve to have your name spelled out. Um, of course it takes a woman. Yes, mm-hmm. of course. It takes a woman mm-hmm. to yes, it does crop this case. So, Sergeant Misty, she is she's like, oh, this will be my first case as a detective. So Chris Shepard says, let's come along. He's there. Um, and so we see the the body cam video of them going into the cabin that was wild. Um, and he's and he's there. And um, she says, you know, when they arrest him, there's no emotions. He's quiet, composed. But the house is a mess. It's a stale smell. They're searching for things. They find more zip ties and duct tape and a toy gun. Mm -hmm. that was painted black that had a laser attached to it. And -hmm. I forgot to mention that when Henry Lee was getting all these messages from the kidnappers, they were sending photos. And one of the photos that they said was a gun with a laser on it. And they're like, huh, this is Mm -hmm. interesting. Mm -hmm. You know, what's this all about? And so she says, she's there and she's like, the windows are covered. And she just felt like there was more to all of this. Like something else has happened here. It was intuition. It It was like a woman's intuition. Like Mm -hmm. something bad went down here. Yep, And they find NyQuil, they find a syringe, and they find a stolen white Mustang. Yep. Um, and they go into the GPS, and it's all these different places. And they also find the blow-up doll <laughs> with the torso. <laughs> I was like, is he using that to get in the carpool lane? Because he's driving a lot. Probably. Yeah, I don't true. know what he's doing. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, yeah, that's it's a haul from Huntington Beach mm-hmm. to the Bay Area and back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe. um. So, and then they find also a pair of goggles with duct tape and, and in that, in that pair of goggles, she finds a single strand of blonde hair and she's like, what is this? Who is, what are these? what are the odds? A, that yeah. she would spot that mm-hmm. and B,
2: that she would just be so, you know, hell bent on figuring out who that belongs
3: yeah. to. Yeah. Yes. She knows whoever that hair belongs to. It's, that's a victim. Yes. Yeah.
1: So, and then we, we go back, we hear a little bit about where Denise is at with this. You know, she's lost. She's worried the kidnappers are going to come. She's also worried that she might be arrested herself. So if you can imagine what this is like, you know, you've gone through this horrendously traumatic thing, but but you cannot settle down into your life because you, you may be imprisoned or you may be killed again or kidnapped again. Like, I mean, and she would go online to Facebook and people were writing the nasty, you phony fucking okay, bitch. You people this, you that. are
2: trash. This they really are. enraged me.
1: Like, just, again, you don't have to
2: troll people. Do you know how much I hate Cody Brown? Do you know how much hatred mm-hmm. for Cody Brown is in my body at any given moment? I never once have felt the urge to say it to him. Yes. Like, yes. Just, just bury that anger. Come on. Just push it down. Shove it down. You don't need to <laughs> say it to people. And that's to the slap that, room, slap
1: some things. Yeah. I mean, but I just feel like this is, and this is, I think what's happened in the world that we live in today where we have this platform with social media and everyone feels like my opinion is important. Yes, like what I, I have to say is important mm-hmm. and I get a voice in all of this. Now, yep. again, we're, you know, we're on a podcast sharing our opinions. <laughs> I mean, I'm very aware of that, but I'm absolutely with you, which is, the same thing. Like if I'm going to review a podcast, I'm only going to give good reviews. If I didn't right. like the podcast, I'm not going to review it that way. Right. Yeah, yeah. I just move on in my life. Yeah. Or it, unless I have something constructive to say or something that I think might be helpful to the person in some way, shape mm-hmm. or form, even then I don't even think I do it. Mm-hmm. it. It's just, it's unbelievable that we have yet again convicted this woman and we still don't even know what all the facts are. Mm-hmm. We do no. not know what all the facts are. Nope. And I think the media plays a big part in this. And I, and this is what really bothers me is what's the responsibility of the media yeah. in all of this, like, is because this true? The, they yeah. labeled
3: this whole thing as the gone girls. Every one of those news clips, they're like mm. gone girl, the gone girl case. They did that. Yeah. You so, know, it wasn't just the police policing.
1: Yes. So, and that's the thing is, is that if they had, if they had um, covered this accurately, it would have been, she's been returned. They're investigating. We'll get back to you, yes. but they wouldn't, you know, they, they, assumed all these things yeah so um and uh, and then they also learn that the fbi agent that we meet earlier david sesma used to date andrea oh Oh my god God. come on and um rapaport is enraged he writes a letter to the inspector general who what who is the sorry who is the inspector general anyway
3: brooke Brooke, uh, well, uh, the inspector general of the United States.
1: Well, he says, I write a letter to the inspector general telling me this is probably. a problem. This well, is a S- problem. He should not yeah. be on this case. Well, and Sussman, they tell him we don't see it as, a, as an issue.
3: Sussman is in the FBI. So it's mm. like like the overseer of his know, boss, basically.
1: Call, yeah, like all yeah. the
3: FBI okay. agents. Yeah. And so he starts
1: to go, oh, my God, they don't they don't care. Is this why evidence is being ignored? Is this why they're looking at Aaron and Denise? Like, did Sesma and Andrea put this all together? What is going on? So Misty, our hero, she gets back to the station and she's just like, I cannot leave this blonde hair thing alone. I can't do it. So she starts investigating Mueller and she um, sees that he's a person of interest in a lot of different incidents. Mm -hmm. The first one being 2009 in Palo Alto. And we hear the story of this 32-year-old woman gets woken up. He forces her to drink NyQuil, uh, puts surgical tape over her eyes, and he tells her that she's going to be raped. But then he changed his mind. No, no, wait, sorry. She says, he says, I'm going to assault you. She says, "Um, I've been raped before. Mm -hmm. Please don't do this. And he then changes his mind and leaves. And then three weeks
3: earlier... um, But she has brown hair. That's so yes. right. She yes. right, wasn't, wasn't from that. Yeah. Um,
1: so what is this? Three weeks earlier, they stopped by Palo Alto police, couldn't find, to his case, no goggles. Oh, oh. so Misty also went to the Palo Alto police, but she also could not find anything about the blonde hair. So we learned about Misty that prior to, prior to becoming a police officer, her girlfriend was sexually assaulted. And this is why she became a cop. So she wanted to be the voice of victims. So she starts working after hours, you know, and getting more and more drawn into this case. And she learns also in 2009 in Mountain View, which is Mountain View's farther south than than Palo Alto, that this woman, Tracy, again, gets woken up. Same story, zip ties, drink something sleepy. And he says, bad news, I'm going to have to rape you. And she begs him not to do it. And he sighs and he says, I can't do this. Uh, I know this is going to mess you up for a while. You, you might want to get a dog. Yeah. That's his, that's his yeah. parting words to this uh-huh. woman. Yeah. mm mm-hmm. um, And then, so she goes to the police and says this thing happened to her. And the officer says, are you sure you didn't have a bad dream? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Ugh.
2: Jesus Christ.
1: And then they went to her boyfriend. because She was in a relationship at the time. And they mm-hmm. said, is she an attention seeker? An attention seeker. Is she mm-hmm. an attention seeker? The police wouldn't take this seriously. Because again, it's very outlandish. Um, and then oh God, we hear this whole thing about Denise. I mean, just awful. She recounts just how she was sexually assaulted when she was 12. She blamed herself. She was ashamed. She later found out that the same person molested someone else. So she felt a lot of guilt. Then at 19, it happens again. She's with a group of friends, falls asleep on the couch, wakes up with a man touching her. She then decides, I'm going to go to the police this time. I'm going to report it. And then she goes to an officer, says, well... Mm, you know it's kind of a he said she said thing, so nah. And he talks her out of it. I mean, as
2: Gen Xers, this is yes. the culture we grew up in. Right? Yes, we were we were taught that a rape was always going to be a he said she said. Mm-hmm. That's yes. disgusting.
1: Yeah, but anyway. Um, and if you don't have bruises and marks all over your place, right. and if you do, if you don't right. find you know if you don't fight back, then mm-hmm. you wanted it in some way, shape, or yeah. form um so this is where denise says what needs to happen to any woman to be believed i thought that was a powerful
2: line she yeah. said yeah mm-hmm. like what needs to happen to me everything's mm-hmm. happened to me yeah she Maybe literally when I'm dead. was taken yeah. her yeah.
1: body was taken out of her home and violated and they still don't believe her so misty says okay well i'm struggling I'm, I'm looking back into his past let me see about this white mustang the one he she stole It was stolen in vallejo and she's like Okay, she goes to she calls the owner and she says, hey, this has been involved in a home invasion. Um, And that, and then (laughs) this is another hero of this. The owner of the car goes, hey, have you ever heard of the Mare Island creeper? She's like, huh? So apparently back in 2014, a bunch of students were being harassed by a man who was looking in the windows on Mare Island and taking pictures of girls. Again, cops aren't doing anything about it. So the group, they take the matters into their own hands and one of them, a couple of them follow this guy home and they figure out where he lives and that they, these kids figure out he's, he lives on Mare Island and he's an ex-military and he's a lawyer. And she realizes like, oh my God, the Mare Island creeper is Matthew Muller. And, but again, the police never followed up on any of these leads. These kids took these things and matters into their own hands, gave the police all this information didn't bother looking it up.
2: This is why, you know, we have a saying over on my podcast like, ladies of a certain age, we're just chilling on our couch solving murders. This is why we need to learn to solve our own murders. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because the cops aren't doing it. The, the, right. this specific police department isn't doing it. I'm sure there's Ugh. plenty of good cops out there doing it, but these yeah. people are not. Colonel
1: Mustard, piece of trash. Yes. Um, so in March of 2015, the creeping stops. Interesting. Cause that's about the time where this incident, the, the kidnapping mm-hmm. of denise happens and um the the owner of the mustang says yeah this the creeping stopped in 2015 right around the time of the gone girl thing and she's like what what gone girl and so again this is and we saw this with the um who am i thinking of um the california killer uh what's his name oh i'll be gone the in Night the dark stalker
2: oh no i state parkway golden state
1: killer yeah, Golden the City Golden State, 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 State Killer, same
2: Golden thing. road roadside <laughs> killer
1: <laughs> because he he was up and down california committing horrendous crimes killing people Mm -hmm. raping women and they could not tie him to anything um and so this is another example of these you know in dublin they you know dublin vallejo aren't 40 miles isn't that far away and the Mm -hmm. bay area is big and it's sprawling but the fact that she had never heard of or did uh, you know at all the gone girl case um, i truly believe they need to do like they need to hire one person who like every week calls the
2: surrounding police departments and tells them about cases. They're stumped with or mm. that are happening to see if there's any similarity.
3: Yeah. That's the only way. Well, we're and doing that's this. the thing. Well, it was all over the news. I mean, I'm surprised I know. that she didn't I know. see it on the news, but neither did we. So I don't yeah.
1: know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, misty hadn't heard of him but again she reads about this oh my god there's goggles huntington beach huntington beach is in the in the oh my gosh huntington beach is in the his in the car and you know the long blonde hair and she looks and she sees denise oh my god she has blonde hair so what does misty do she calls the vallejo police department and gets no answer and this is the part that's so bizarre is she just calls and calls and calls and calls and calls. And does that mean that they don't ever pick up i know
2: i know this is i was a little bit situation where they're like oh det- colonel mustard's busy you know mm-hmm. what i mean and he can't mm-hmm. come to the phone like they get in your car and go down there
1: yeah so then she th- she finally gets someone after calling and calling and calling and they say okay well the case has been turned over to the fbi to our friend david sesma who really You know, yeah, great FBI agent. Um, And so she calls David Sesma and she, she says, hey, I have all this information. I want to tell you about it. And he says, well, we'll take a look at it. And, um, and she's like, wait a second, what is happening? You know what? You're not doing anything. And at the same time, you know, the Dublin police, they're pursuing their case of this home invasion Mm -hmm. and they meet with the FBI about their case and they see this gun with the laser and they're like, oh my God, this is what's sent to the SF Chronicle. This is it. And, um, they finally, the FBI finally realizes, oh my God, we were wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Now, um, and so Doug, so Doug gets a call, Doug Rappaport, he gets a call that the U.S. attorney calls him and says a man is in c- custody connected to Denise and Aaron's case. And, um, you know, we learn a little bit about him, that he's bipolar, Gulf War illness. He was an immigration attorney that got disbarred. We don't know exactly. Mm-hmm. And then Rappaport, he gets the affidavit of the case, which outlines what the police have done in their investigation. Mm-hmm. And he said they never investigated the kidnapping they never no. did anything they, they find could out have
2: that, at least dusted for fingerprints yeah in the house,
1: or I, oh, anything. Oh, hold on we're going to learn what they could have the bare minimum of what they could have okay. done right. which is the, we find out aaron's lie detector he it was unconclusive yeah. um they said they also said in the report that there was no evidence of non-consensual sex mm-hmm. um and then finally um what we learn is when Aaron was in the police uh, station in the beginning of all of this, he told them, hey, the kidnappers they're going to call me on my phone. They're going to call me and give me information about Denise on my phone. They put it on airplane mode. Unbelievable. They Unbelievable. put it on airplane mode. And then it turns out that they didn't turn it on ever. They never turned it on. They didn't turn it on at once. Not one person looked at that phone. They found two missed calls Two missed calls, they could have easily traced that and traced it within 200 meters of the cabin from South Lake Tahoe, where Denise was being held. Yep, That's yep. the bare minimum. What they had to do was leave a phone on and trace mm-hmm. a call. Mm-hmm. That was it. Yep. So, um, and if they had monitored the phone, they could have saved Denise from the second rape.
3: Yeah. Oh, This is so, it's so sick to my stomach. I mean... It's so, so bizarre. This
1: was the part that was like, oh, so here's this press conference and Aaron and Denise, they're very silent. They're stoic, silent and Rappaport speaks for them and basically clears everything up, clears clears everything up and tells them the story. Here's my question. If I was Denise in that moment, I would want to get on those things and I would be like, every single one of you needs to, I want, what's the apology from you, Henry Lee? What's the apology? Like, yep. I would just yep. want, I would yeah, be I like want a you total each... crazy yeah. person back then. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I want I want you all to eat your words right yep. now. And the fact that she just stood there and was just stoic, I would at least be giving them all the evil eye or something. A hundred percent. I'd be screaming, oh. Nancy Grace, come <laughs> get me, come get me. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I mean, unbelievable. But um, so in March in 2017, Mueller is being sentenced and Denise says that she faces him. And she says, that's the moment in which I took my life back. Uh, Muller got 40 years in prison he was not charged with the Palo Alto or mountain F- view or the peeping Tom and mayor Island and so the one thing that got me through all of this because I knew this had a happy ending was that um, that there was some happy endings so yeah. the first one is in 2016 Denise and Aaron they sue the city of Vallejo for defamation and get and settle for 2.5 million I'm like oh my god they deserve 20 yeah, million 10, they times deserve that. Mm-hmm. 10 times that and mm-hmm. again they have to pay taxes on it you got to pay the attorneys i mean mm-hmm. that's i mean you're basically clearing a little over a million dollars no i'm yeah. sorry you destroyed these people's lives mm-hmm. i mean you a destroyed million?
2: these people people's lives and the fact that she was not murdered was yeah. just yeah. luck it wasn't right. due to you
3: yeah but this guy Mueller, i don't think he's really a murderer i mean i think he would have already killed someone i think he he just he gets off on this whole kidnap rape thing Mm -hmm. and deciding well i'm gonna give you a break i'm gonna give you a break i'm not gonna rape you you know but but i'll rape this person i mean yeah i i don't know if he's really a an actual killer he's just sick
1: maybe he would have eventually gotten there. I don't, I don't know. Or, or maybe something someone would have seen his face and Mm -hmm. he was like, oh God, I got to kill her now, Mm -hmm. you know? I mean, he obviously spent a lot of time and energy thinking through all these things. And he is, I mean, listen, he did go to Harvard. He is clever. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, you got to give him some credit with some of these things. Like, yeah, I mean, the fact that they were sedated, the fact, you know, all of these things helped play into that. So we learn a little fact about another piece of shit named, um... The chief of police in Vallejo, Andrew Dadao, Dadao, I don't fucking mm-hmm. care, you Andrew, that we learned during the civil case that it came out about Andrew that before the national press conference, before um, when the officer Park came out and said that Aaron and Denise were liars, that the Andrew, the chief of police, told Park to burn that bitch. Mm-hmm. So this is where we're at you fucking piece of shit. Yep. And uh, he denies, he says I 100% believe that. I 100% believe that. Yeah. And yeah. of course he denies it. So it's a little bit like, <laughs> I just, yeah, yeah. So we, we, we then, this infuriated me. We learned that none of the officers involved were disciplined. Nope. Matt Mustard was awarded Officer of the Year 2015. This all happened in the same year. 2015, yeah. at the end of that year, this is the best you've got? Is yeah, Matt Mustard?
3: The guy who couldn't, who couldn't be bothered to to solve this crime.
1: Yeah. I need eyes
3: on so the mustard now.
2: Is he still there? Yes. So the people I don't of Vallejo are in danger.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, and but the other thing is, they sued for defamation, but could they sue for other things? I feel like sue. They're suing the city of Vallejo, which is the police department, right? But you, I guess you can't sue the media. It's right of free speech. I mean, I what? Guess. I don't know. It's just like this is it. I don't know. The 2.5 million was not enough for me at all. And that really upset me. Like they need to be in a huge house right now, like, and spitting on Matt mustard, you know, (laughs) picture every day. Yeah. So at the end of 2017, Misty wanted to meet Aaron and Denise and they called her a hero, which she is. And Denise, I mean, and Misty gets so so emotional throughout it. I can't Mm -hmm. imagine. And then at the end, we see that they end up getting married. They move to the coast. Well, I don't Mm -hmm. know what coast that is. And in March of 2020, they had a daughter, Olivia, and now they have another little baby named Naomi. And we end this by saying that Aaron hopes that his two daughters grow up to be just like their mom, just as strong and capable and amazing as their mother.
2: I was sobbing, sobbing, (laughs) like bed shaking when I saw that part. Oh my God. And Uh, that is an American
1: nightmare. Welcome to being a female in this country. Hello, any man that's out here listening and listening to this, if you want to know what it's like to be a woman, Mm -hmm. this is it. And this is why women don't report things. This is why Mm -hmm. people end up in prison that shouldn't be shouldn't be in prison. This is why our system is broken. And I'm sorry, we all have biases. If you have a brain, you have bias. We all do. We all do. Mm -hmm. And why? why has, I would love to see something about like the Vallejo police department is reconfigured their entire thing. They're getting mm-hmm. bias training. They're doing this, they're doing mm-hmm. that. It's like, what lesson have you learned from any of this? It feels like nothing, no lesson.
3: So, well, and also, you know, this story was so bizarre. It really struck me that like, God, stuff like this happens. and And the only reason we know about it is because it was like a blonde white woman who it has yes. to mm-hmm. like weird stuff like this happens to women all the time women just kind of disappear all the time mm-hmm. um yeah. and we don't hear about it we don't know about it and you know it's kind this of this has been happening in
2: indigenous communities for yes. decades oh, oh yes. yeah Pe- Pe- women are disappearing just,
3: they mm-hmm. disappear Yep. and when it happens to a white woman it might get some attention or things go off the rails in the wrong direction. Like I, ke- I kept thinking about the Scott Peterson case because, you know, this, mm. he's back in the news mm-hmm. because, um, you know, the Innocence Project, <laughs> who is, you know, very uh, reputable <clears throat> organization, has taken his case.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. And so I've kind of obsessively been like looking at, you know, there really are a lot of ultimate. Alternate theories, and it was completely circumstantial case, absolutely mm-hmm. no physical evidence, There's no evidence, physical evidence, evidence nothing tying, uh, tying them. I mean, so, yeah, like, th- things just go sideways, like all the time.
1: Well, and and it's the media. It's the same thing. The media gets a hold of things. And then, I mean, Scott Peterson, listen, I don't know if he did it or not. I have no idea. I do think he was a piece of shit husband. We all know that. I'm just going to go out on a limb here.
2: 98% positive he did it.
1: And maybe, (laughs) but there is also that 2%, right? And the problem is, and maybe this is why the Innocence Project has taken this on, is he did not get a fair trial. No, he didn't
3: get a fair trial. He He didn't didn't get get a fair trial. I agree with that. He was tried in the media, just like these people Mm -hmm. were were tried in the media. You know, the media put out the narrative that this is a hoax and just went with it.
2: But I don't know if you could put the genie back in the bottle there. Like, how are we ever going to not be tried in the media? When something like this happens.
1: Well, you know, I don't know. I mean, there's a part of me that kind of feels like it's, it's. It's a response. I mean, part of it is because we have twenty-four hour news cycles, and there's got to, There's so much of it has mm-hmm. been. You know, news used to be Dan Rather, you know, yeah, Walter yep. Cronkite, like, yep. kind of like this is what's happening, and there were a couple channels. I mean, this is this is the thing. Opinion
3: is, is passes that, for news now. Yeah, yes. right. Yeah, it's entertainment. Yeah. It's entertainment. Mm-hmm. It's got to mm-hmm. be salacious. You got to keep people's eyes on. You know, so they don't switch the channel, and yeah, it's it's uh, wild. Yeah, I always feel like
2: some of the major problems facing this country, we always have to litigate our way out of. And Mm -hmm. I think this might be one of them. Like people need to start suing these fucking media outlets that are doing Mm -hmm. this stuff Mm -hmm. and find some way to do it. Like, yes, there's freedom of speech, but you can't be on television slandering somebody.
1: Yeah, Mm -hmm. because the big argument with freedom of speech, right, is always you can't is you cannot yell fire, fire in a in crowded, crowded right. theater. Mm-hmm. And if there is no fire. So right. um that's the problem. And these Nancy Grace and all of these other god-awful people are yelling fire constantly right. and fire, 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 And then it turns out she's innocent and there's no like oops or well, sorry. Yeah. And- or did they ever get an apology from anybody? I would oh, really want an apology. No. I would I want like it. you need to say this to me. Cause yeah, I personally I'm a very truthful person. I'm a rule follower. And the fact that someone would accuse me of not following the rules, of not being an ethical person, that would get under my skin more than anything. I mean, that is, you know, especially it's your
3: view of how you see yourself in the world. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. And, you know, and they did sue for defamation and we do have defamation laws. And, you know, the the ex-president just got, you know, uh, was found liable again for defamation. I mean, yeah, you can't just go around... Saying whatever you want to say with no mm-hmm. basis, in mm-hmm. fact, or reality. Especially if you're a law enforcement agency, you know, why are they doing these press conferences? They have no obligation to talk to the media. Yeah, why don't you investigate this first? Find out, you know, what you think occurred. Then maybe you can um, hold a press conference. But I I
2: feel like that's something that they can regulate, right? Like there could be a law that says you can't speak publicly about a case for 72 hours or, you know, a week Mm -hmm. or whatever. Like we can build better checks and balances into Mm -hmm. our police departments. Yes. Like, yes, we don't, there's such a, a, like a tribe mentality in these police departments and you Mm -hmm. need to have that one dissenting voice. So can we somehow build that in? Do you know what I mean? Almost like a, like a thesis panel. <laughs> like I'm going to run this yeah, thesis past right. you guys.
1: Yeah. And then yeah. your
2: job is to like punch holes in it or something. There's no critical thinking. There's just a tribe mentality. It's weird.
1: Right. Yeah. Well, and um, this is also what happened in the Stephen Avery, Brandon yeah. Dassey case. Remember with yes. Brandon Dassey? I mean, the Stephen yes. Avery thing, that's another case that we were, we were talking about covering because there's been more coming out about it. Yeah, but, there's a new documentary about it. Yeah. And so Brandon Dassey was... You know, I mean, that yeah. one guy, what's his face with a high voice like this? Yeah. What was his name? I forget <clears throat> that prosecutor. <laughs> mm-hmm. He just came out and told the whole story to everyone with no with no evidence. It's yep. just a tale mm-hmm. that a kid said that that he was coaxed into saying. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's, it's did you it's see what was that murder in Boston? Did you see that? No, we that was something Very else similar. We're
2: about covering. Very oh, really? similar. Yep. Yep. It, rich white dude. Well, wealthy white dude. Um, you know, the story is that he's in this scary black neighborhood and somebody robs him and his pregnant wife. And it was not that at all. And mm-hmm. But the cops thought it was that and they terrorized the black community over it. Yeah. And it's, it's real bad. And the way that they set up that documentary is really great because the whole first episode is like the the history of racism within the Boston Police Department and city government. Mm-hmm. and then you see that come into play in episode two and then the resolution is three it's really good i recommend yeah, it. yeah we're gonna but, watch that yeah. yeah yeah it's good
1: i don't know i mean this is just uh, we've said it all we've said it we all said it all and i'm so <laughs> left it I'm so all on the angry deal. and frustrated about all of this it just pisses me off but if we can say anything believe women Yes. Believe women, yeah. when we say things to you that we're not making this up, we're not attention yeah. seekers, nobody wants this. Um, and and fuck you, do police department. Yeah, yeah.
3: Well, fuck do you, your, Vallejo Police do Department. your job. It's like, God. Fuck it's you, Colonel la- Mustard. Yeah. Laziness, yes. Mm-hmm. Yes.
1: And Misty, you're a hero. I don't know why you're not on a plaque somewhere. You're not on our money. <laughs> she and needs a star
2: be. on the Hollywood Walk she of She does.
1: Misty yes. deserves a hell of a lot more than what yes. she what she got because she really did. She. If it was not for her, I don't know where we
3: would And that was her be. first case. Yeah. I mean, God, she's probably out there kicking ass. Hopefully yeah. she's been promoted and... Yeah. Um, ugh, let's
1: hope. I mean, th- that's the thing. This is her first case. This is Mustard's 90 millionth case. And uh, somehow she can figure it out better than you. Uh-huh. So anyway, oh, Lord. Well, we got to wrap it up. Okay. So thank you so much, Amy. Um, oh, tell us a- you. about you, Little Miss Recap and where they can find it and all that good stuff. So
2: Little Miss Recap is over at littlemissrecap.com. And we're on any podcast streaming app, but we also are doing um, some videos. So we're on YouTube. Oh, wow. And we're covering Sister Wives Rewatch on our Patreon. We're covering Single Life on our Patreon. And then on our main feed, we're doing Prison Brides. Are you guys watching ah, that? No, no, it sounds Prison intriguing. Brides and Married at First Sight. <laughs>
1: So, what is is Prison Bride different than that other show, Love After yeah, Lockup? Yeah, Love After Lockup is a Matt Sharp joint. So,
2: Prison mm-hmm. Brides is by a different production company. It's slightly classier. Oh, but it's different in the way that the the people are coming. It's like a mashup of Ninety Day and Love After Lockup because the the women who are in love with these prisoners are coming from abroad to oh. America to marry these prisoners. Very interesting. Oh, interesting. What channel is that yeah. Lifetime.
3: Okay, to to lifetime television for
2: women, right? Is that, <laughs> yes, this is stuff we love you know,
3: prison <laughs> brides <laughs> yep, yep. from overseas.
1: <laughs> and thank you so much for tuning in. If you have not subscribed to our podcast, please subscribe and uh, leave us a five star review, rating, and review. We always really appreciate it. And uh, you can find us on social media at Psych Legal Pop on um, Instagram and TikTok. And, you know, if you like this episode, share it, share it with a friend, share it with 10 friends, spread the word of Psych Legal Pop and Little Miss Recap
3: all and leave over. leave some
1: reviews, screws. but five stars only. Yeah, yes. don't,
3: don't be like those haters out there who are, you know, <laughs> going online and just writing, you know, you lying bitch. <laughs> I got a review that was um, five
2: stars. It said, not funny. So, you know I like that review.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we got one of those two where someone said, "Oh yeah, this is th- th- that our show's different, but we're not a humorous podcast. We're not funny, <laughs> so it's better."
3: Okay. All right. All All right. Well, yeah. well, as long as it's five stars, you can say <laughs> what <when> you want. <laughs> we can take it.
1: Thank you guys right. for
2: having me. This was a lot of fun. Yes,
1: so thank much. you. All right, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.